epilogue. In 1999, Esme and I participated in a group tour called From Anguish to Hope with 30 university students from Canada, accompanying them to Poland and Lithuania to visit the concentration camps. The organizer of this program, Eli Rubinstein, became a good friend. This journey grew into the program The March of Remembrance and Hope, founded in 2001, and I participated again in 2016 and in 2018, together with Esme. In 1999, I invited my cousin Dalia, who still lives in Norway, to come to Lithuania with us. In Vilnius, the present capital of Lithuania, we met with Professor Dr. Vitautas Landsbergis, then Speaker of the Lithuanian Parliament and former Head of State. This man was Dalia's, quote, cousin when she was with the Lithuanian family during the war. We were received very warmly by him at his home, and he told us many stories about Dalia as a little girl. He was very touched by her visit. We also visited Kaunas, and the area of the ghetto where Dalia and I lived. At the ninth fort, I said to Dalia, here, on this path, your mother's parents and your aunt with her husband and children walked to their death. It was a sad and touching moment for all of us. In about the year 2000, after retiring from the business world, I began to devote more time to the Holocaust Memorial Center, now called the Sarah and Chaim Neuberger Holocaust Education Center. Judy Cohen, a survivor and a fine speaker, was also active there. She suggested that we build a wall display of photos of our speaker's panel with a storyboard attached to each photo. There were many problems with the execution of the project, so I took it on and designed a structure for the images to slide on with a storyboard behind the images, saving room on the wall. When the display opened, it was greeted with appreciation. One executive from another organization asked me to build the same for him. I realized that I had another business here. I called it Tribute Displays and began offering photographic displays to schools and organizations. I found many customers and became quite busy producing and installing the displays. I did everything, including printing the pictures and installing the rails and the frames. Sometimes Esme came to help me install the displays. Some organizations kept me busy changing the displays at regular intervals. One project to which I devoted many hours over the few years was in saving the video recordings of Holocaust survivors by our Holocaust Center. In 1987, Nate Leipziger, as chairperson of our center, initiated video recording of our survivor members on used beta tapes. Then the tapes were packed away in cartons 
with no clear plan on how to utilize them. In 2006, I asked for the tapes and had students help me clean them and sort them out. Someone donated bookshelves and I assigned each tape a label. Then I managed to obtain some funding to copy all the tapes to DVD. I recruited Esme to do the transcripts, which required much time and research. She worked very diligently, and two years later, we had over 10,000 pages of text. University students and researchers began asking for texts and DVDs on specific subjects. Esme was able to give them the material they were seeking. We also made copies for family members who were delighted to discover that their parents had left such a legacy. I then began videotaping survivors and added to the collection. Recently, the Shoah Foundation, with substantial sums granted from the Canadian federal government, has taken charge of the tapes and is digitizing them for the future. I was very happy to have helped save the tapes for future generations. Over the years, Esme and I developed a group of close friends in Toronto. Dr. Esther Gelser has been our dear friend since her arrival in Toronto many years ago from South Africa and Israel. Bernice Schwartz, a gifted artist, and her children and grandchildren are close friends. I came to value many friends who are survivors, like Pinchas Guta and the late Bill Gleed. We also greatly value the closeness we feel to Rabbi Asso Bielfeld and Rene Siebers, longtime friends from Temple Emmanuel, where we enjoy many friendships. And I must also mention my relative and friend, Colin Soskolny, Professor Emeritus from the University of Alberta, who in his retirement continues to travel internationally to improve medical sciences. Esme and I are also close to Professor Robert Jan van Pelt and his wife Miriam Greenbaum, who we met accidentally in a restaurant many years ago. Both are involved in research and commemoration of the Holocaust. We enjoy being part of our children's lives. Reuven has a fine career with Avanade Incorporated, a major international computer consulting company. He lives in New York, where he serves as Director of Innovation for the Eastern United States. His wife, Deborah, is an accomplished computer specialist and systems analyst. Our daughter, Julia, is a very successful psychotherapist in private practice. She is married to Nathan, a businessman and an artist. Our youngest daughter, Avril, lives with her husband, Martin, and their three children in Owen Sound, Ontario. And they are a very happy family. We love dearly and enjoy the company of our six grandchildren, Anita, Ilana, and Ethan, Sarah, Martin, and Robin. And we are close to Esme's brother, Norman, his wife, Violette, and their children, Philip and Andre, as well as to Rachel and Babette, the children of Esme's late brother, Lou.
Over the years, I have visited many schools to speak about my experiences during the Holocaust. Like all survivors, I stress the lessons of the Holocaust. Don't be prejudiced. Avoid hate. Understand the tragedy that befell the Jewish people. Now that I'm retired, I have expanded my visits. In January 2012, the United Nations office in South Africa, together with local Holocaust museums, invited me to speak about the Holocaust in Johannesburg, Durban, and Cape Town. My dear cousin Zamili Knightsky, a lawyer, and his wife Natalie, an art curator and dealer, arranged the speaking tour. Esme and I traveled to all three cities together, and it was particularly moving for me to speak at the university from which I had graduated. In 2016, I addressed over 12,000 students in Canada. I made my own bookings and drove myself to the schools, and the teachers received me most kindly. Some letters I received from students moved me greatly. Not only do they appreciate the horror of the Holocaust, but my own resilience in surviving and fighting for my education gives them hope that they too can achieve something in life. In July 2017, I decided to fulfill an aeronautical dream, jumping from an aeroplane. To mark the 150th anniversary of Canada, I wore a shirt with a slogan, Canada 150. My family was not too thrilled about the project, but I know that now the parachutes land like gliders, though there is less likelihood of breaking a leg. When I called the company at the airport and they heard that I was 89 years old, they wanted to look me over first. They accepted me and offered for me to jump without charge if they could invite the press. I agreed. The jump went well. In the first moment when we stepped out of the plane at 13,000 feet and tumbled head over heel, it felt like my heart stopped. I saw that I would fly like a bird, but I was actually falling like a rock. It was a great feeling though. When the parachute opened, I felt a strong jerk upward as we stopped the 120 kilometer per hour fall and began the glide to earth. Some saw me on television and in the papers, though people I hadn't seen in years began calling me. I'm still in good health, swimming every day of the year, and I'm always occupied with innovative ideas, inventing things and creating new products. In March 2018, we celebrated my 90th birthday and our 60th wedding anniversary. I told the gathering of family and friends that to reach their 60th anniversary is a privilege, but to reach 90 is a surprise. Esme is well, and we are so happy together, still in love, The End